Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Movie Hilo, a podcast discussing the best and worst that cinema has to offer. Salutations. That feels like the right thing to say for this podcast. Start it again. Greetings and salutations. Welcome to another episode of Movie Hilo, a podcast discussing the best and worst that cinema has to offer. I'm Dom. I guess that means you like the greetings and salutations. I'm D. <laughs> I'm Dom? Was that a question? <laughs> Are you sure? I'm Dom. <laughs> that sounds like Anchorman, right? What's the line? I am Ron Burgundy. <laughs> He put a question mark on the. I love that. It's like one of my. That's still one of the greatest. Huh? I'm going to punch you in the ovaries. Mm-mm-mm. Scotch, Scotch, Scotch. Ow, Down to my belly. <laughs> Tits McGee. <laughs> Maybe that's who I am. Tits McGee. Not here tonight. I love that movie. So let's let us let us let us introduce the film. Let's talk about the movie we're talking about. So today we are talking about Battlefield Earth, directed by Roger Christian. Released on May twelfth, year two thousand. This is a low episode. Um, says who? Who says it's a low episode? Besides just us. Besides us, it's got a two point five rating on IMDb, which makes it the number twenty three lowest movie of all time on IMDb. It's got a meager three percent rating on Rotten Tomatoes. It won seven Razzies originally, and it's at, at the time of release, it won seven Razzies, so it swept all of the categories that it was nominated in, and then subsequently, years later, it was given two more Razzies, so nine Razzies total. Are the Razzies an actual award show that you go to, or there, just... I don't think it's an actual show, and that's the thing, is I don't know... I think that they do hold an event, but I don't... It's not like televised. It's not like the Oscars. It's not like they, they play it on TV. I heard, you know what I heard? I actually heard that Halle Berry showed up when she won for Catwoman and accepted her award. Her yeah. I've so I think I think as I think as it's I think as it's gotten more popular, I think people are 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 more um there's there's a sense of humility to show up and be like, "Yeah, yeah, we know this sucked." Cuz you got to know that I, I guarantee most of these most of these actors and most of these celebrities people are that are in these movies to a certain degree, must know that some of it's shit. I mean, they can't imagine that every every bad movie has people behind it that think it's good. I, I think John Travolta thinks this movie is good, um, but we'll, we'll we'll get to that in a minute. Um, so, you think so he still thinks it's good to this day. I think he probably does. I think I think I think he would still defend it. Because I mean, maybe that's integrity. other movies that he's really good in and has a range and dimension as an actor and and is believable and um you feel for him and this movie it's like i just i I guess we'll get into it i shouldn't talk well no i don't get into it it's It's just what is he doing who is he trying to be i mean the way he's talking the the acts not really an accent but it it seems like he's trying to to mimic somebody kind of old-fashioned and fancy. Or With all the big ways that he's doing that yeah, type it of... it doesn't seem like an intergalactic, you know... What's he supposed to be? Um, a cyclo. No, but there's a name for... What is it? Um, 
commanding field officer or whatever. What was his rank? He's, uh, he's, uh, he's the chief of security. Right? He Let doesn't me... seem like an intergalactic chief of security. He seems like a theater guy that's just being over the top. Or like, it's just odd. It doesn't... If, if he's taking it seriously... He's sure making a joke out of himself in this role. Let me let me do the synopsis real quick for anybody who uh, has not seen the movie, does not want to know what it's about, because I definitely think that the acting, um, the the actors specifically, is is a big is a big part of what we need to get into. So, for anyone who's not seen the film, quick synopsis: It's the year three thousand, and humankind has become an endangered species after losing the Great War to the Cyclos. Nine-foot-tall aliens resembling the results of the Predator and a Klingon hitting the crack pipe and spawning a race of love children. Humans, now... Humans... I didn't. I did write this, of course. Humans, now reduced to a primitive state, hide in the mountain caves among their tribes, and those who dare to make their way into the city ruins are often caught and enslaved in order to mine Earth's remaining resources. When our hero, Johnny Goodboy Tyler... It's his fucking name... is captured by Cyclo's chief security officer, Turl... He will have to forge an alliance with his fellow man and lead a resistance to try and retake his home planet. Very well said. Is that does that about encompass what you I, saw? I think it makes it sound like a better movie than it is. <laughs> that sounds like the kind of movie that John Travolta thinks it is. Maybe I would say the the first. So if we're talking about the highs and the lows of this film, we got to start with the lows because I think there's way more lows than there are highs for this movie. Uh, the first being of which that this is a merciless two hours of of film. Like, there's no reason this movie needs to be two hours long. For what it is, for the fact... Like, if they wanted to spend some time to actually develop the story and develop these characters, then maybe two hours is justified. But for, like, the schlocky, B sci-fi garbage that it is, like, this needs to be an hour and a half... Buck forty tops. Well, one of the most tragic things I said is because it's a two-hour movie and Barry Pepper's character. Yeah, I guess you feel. I mean, he's the one thing that you're really rooting for in the movie. But a two-hour movie, like you think you'd be finished with it, feeling something, or I don't know. I mean, I don't know what the mission of what it was. The movie was supposed to make you feel. I know it's based off an L. Ron Hubbard novel the man behind the Scientology religion, but I know it's not exactly the book that it's based off of, the Scientology religion, but... This is the guy who wrote Dianetics. Right. Same guy. And, that, and that's the book that the religion's based off of, correct? Dianetics is the... So, I, it's just... I'm not sure what the purpose... What what are, what are what was the audience supposed to take away from that movie? I don't know. And in two hours, it's, it's you know, you feel like you should have an answer to that question. Well, the, it's just... The thing is, like, the two-hour... It's just a joke. It's just, like... Well, the two-hour runtime is, like... The, the problem is, is the, the plot is so, like, murky and convoluted that, like, when you sit down and watch it, it's... I, I, I don't usually have a hard time following the plot of a movie, but it's one of those things where, like, I was having a hard time, like, following what the fuck was happening in the movie. So... Yeah, it's strange, because I feel like you're having a harder time first watching it than I was, but then you rewatched it, you feel like... I did. I actually... Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I was following. I mean, this doesn't mean I don't have questions about some of the odd things. I mean, even the opening scene where it's Barry Pepper with his family and it's his D, father, D, Tom and whatever D. Character. The like, first, it's it's literally not even. It's not even two minutes into the movie. It does that. It does like it's like a big. Um, it's like a big aerial shot 
right, to show that like they're up in the Rocky Mountains or wherever they are. They're 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 up in the mountains somewhere, and it's this big aerial shot. And within like the first two minutes of the movie, Barry Pepper like comes back. He's on he's he's on horseback. He comes back. His girlfriend's there, and she's like, "I'm sorry, the gods took your father in the night." And he's like, and, he, and it's a slow mo scream and like throwing something into the air. Like we're, 2001, right? we're like, yeah, yes, yeah. And that's yeah, well, the stuff that they ripped off, the stuff because that they ate. They go that oh bar, God! I think of Return of the Jedi. The music—it didn't sound exactly like it, but it's—it's it's that quirky, quaint-sounding music that just the the set design, the idea of it. I'm like, it's Return of the Jedi. They're trying to be, and then the scene at the end where they're having the whole battle. It's like, oh God! Okay, well, back, right? like, yeah, no, it's it, no, it's it's New Hope. It's Star Wars. It's like they're aping Star Wars at every friggin' turn. I mean, it's. Yeah, the, the the big thing that, like, you, you see in this movie is, like, the general tone of the movie, like, what the movie, like, that was a big low for me because I was just, I'm watching it and I'm like, all it's doing is it's aping, it's clearly a descendant of Star Wars. It wants to be Star Wars. Well, while we're talking about it, I don't mean to interrupt you, but we should probably also mention that wasn't John Travolta quoted as saying, this is better source material than Star Wars, I mean... Really? He also said it, it was, been, and this is something that you've said. It could have been maybe in the right hands. Like it's the concept is not what's wrong with the movie, the plot, right? It's it's as you said, murky. I mean, it's not fully realized or compelling or even linear. It doesn't make a lot of sense. It's just kind of. I, I keep using the word goofy, and I feel like I can't think of anything else. It's just it's more funny than compelling or thought-provoking or action-packed or um, suspenseful or anything that it might have hoped to have been. It's not, it doesn't live up to any of those things. So it's funny that John Travolta was quoted as saying... He also... I read something where he also said it was the Schindler's List of sci-fi yeah, movies. And it's like, Jesus Christ, dude. Yeah, that's... The Schindler's List, as we all know, what that movie's about. I mean, that's just a strange thing to say. Yeah. I can get him saying, oh, it's better source material. I mean, not that I agree that it's better source material than Star Wars, but at least Star Wars is a sci-fi movie. So what does... Why would you even lump it in the same category? It's just so bizarre. I don't know. The movie's like trying to be more things... It's trying to be so many different things, and like the biggest problem is... It wants to be kind of gritty and grimy like a Mad Max, you know what I mean? Uh, but it also wants to be epic and polished like a Star Wars. And then it also wants to ape all of the cool, in vogue action style of the Matrix that was very big at that. So it's like it's trying to do all these different things. And because it's trying to spin so many different plates, it's not doing any of them correctly. It's not, yeah. it's not. Or even like the slow mo. Oh, uh, right? like, so so hold on, so hold on, hold because that that's another like low. another low for me is cinematography. The cinematography in this movie, for I mean, there's no way we can talk about this movie without talking about the fact that every fucking shot in this movie is shot at a Dutch angle, which is when the camera is tilted. Where I come from, we call them crangles. Okay, every fucking shot in this movie is a crangle, and it's not. I'm not exaggerating by saying like, oh, like fifty percent of it. It's like no, literally crangle, every. A crazy angle, a Dutch angle is is the, yeah. So every fucking shot is at a crazy angle. It's at a crangle. So it's one of those things where that that style of shooting is done intentionally. It's supposed to German expressionism. It's supposed to be done to 
convey that the world is off kilter and like you use it at certain points but when you do it every single shot it like drains the entire purpose of having a tilted angle and then after a while it, it it almost feels like the movie is doing everything intentionally to make it unpleasant to watch and maybe that was the intention but it, it especially if it's a two-hour movie where you're supposed to give a shit about anything it's almost like it's purposely pushing you away to not enjoy it roger ebert by the way gave it a half star review when it came out this was his opening line in his review battlefield earth is like taking a bus trip with someone who has needed a bath for a long time it's not merely bad it's unpleasant in a hostile way and i'm like that's that's pretty much the best way i've ever heard it summed up but the cinematography like the dutch angles the f- the transitions those fucking terrible middle wipes well, that are tr- making the joke that you can make a drinking game out of a couple things in this movie one of them was the wipes that they happen so frequently that that's how you make that's how you make a good drinking game is something that happens often enough that hey take a sip take a sip right the other thing being John Travolta's goofy laugh. <laughs> like, okay, you sound, are you trying to sound, he's trying to sound megalomaniacal and, and devious, but it's like, you just sound, for lack of a better description, fruity, like just like, like a fruitcake. <laughs> like, I mean, I don't know what would be afraid of you. I mean, he's not scary. I don't know. But not to take away from what you're saying, I'm just. No, no, the, 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 I think, I think if you're going to make a drinking game for this movie, drink every time there's a middle wipe. You, or, or every time they say man, or, um, man, animal, man, animal, rat brain, oh. or leverage. Or, or any time they talk about the planet Earth like it's a cesspit. Like, how many times it's referenced that this place, this place, it's so awful. You will be fucking dead halfway through this movie. You won't even make it to the halfway right. point of this movie because it's like, and that's the thing, even watching like those middle wipes, there's like five of them before you even get into the, it, not even like two minutes into the movie. The only way they dissolve or transition from scene to scene is with those wipes. It's and it's, ridiculous. And, and I don't understand, I don't understand why they're doing it because it's like, I understand that Star Wars uses those wipes as a way to do transitioning. So they're clearly trying to do like a Star Wars transition. But the fact that it starts at the middle of the frame and, and opens like a curtain. They, they probably thought they were I don't know. But not Star Wars, but it's our own take on it. Yeah, like, but oh, you're so but fucking you're stupid. Going left or right, you're going from the middle out. The, the other thing is there's there's so much slow mo in the movie, and this is like this is a technical thing. I know I talked to you, we were talking about it a little bit while we were watching it, but it's like when when you shoot slow mo, you have to shoot slow motion at a, at a certain frame per second. Usually, like you shoot at like sixty frames per second, or one hundred and twenty frames per second, or like two hundred and forty frames per second, depending on what it is you're trying to capture. And the idea is that if you're watching something in slow motion, it's been shot at a high frame rate. When it's played back in a very fluid, kind of um, seamless way, what ends up in in this movie, at least half of the slow motion is not shot. At, at a high frame rate. So what ends up happening is it has this kind of like jerky kind of like uh, strobed effect. Technically, when it comes to filmmaking, the thing that was more telling about how... It's not intentional. It's like they're, right. they're slowing it down. Because that's the kind of thing you need to plan for in your filming. What, what, what parts of this are we trying to slow down versus right. we shot it and now it looks like shit so it's we're trying to slow it down in editing. It was yeah. It sucks, and that and that's like and again that might sound like a real technical nitpicky thing, but when you watch it, it just it it looks cheesy. It looks really shitty. It makes it look very fucking bad. Well, and that's why I said it was like that, like a 
wife, and then it was, um, I think it was after John Travolta was confronting Forrest Whitaker's character for the first time, or, or maybe the second time, or whatever, and it's like, the wipe is happening as Forrest Whitaker's character is kind of turning back with that knowing look like, ha, I got one on you, and then you know it, and it's kind of like, and it looked like slow-mo, and, and you're the one that said, no, it's the slow down shutter speed, and I'm like, oh, okay, and then you said, it's like, it's, however you worded it, was like, it's a sign of poor planning that on their part, and that if they wanted slow mo, they could. They should have. They should have shot at the right frame rate. But they weren't planning it that way. They're just in, in post production trying to find ways to make so it look even, cool. But it actually ends up looking really cheesy. So right? even even and this is like and one of my all time favorite movies ever ever made. Okay, is Reservoir Dogs by Quentin Tarantino. The opening scene of Reservoir Dogs, when you're watching all those guys in slow-mo walking by the brick wall, that's not shot at the right frame rate. It's like, it's literally slowed down so that it looks kind of jerky. But that's the look, the look of like you're pushing it forward frame by frame by frame instead of seeing something that looks fluid. Now, there's a lot of stuff in the film that's shot at the correct frame rate so it looks fluid, but I don't know, that... that was something that every time I saw it, it took me out of the movie. I'm like, why does all the slow motion, like, or not all of it, but like at least half of it just it looks like shit. The corniness of it. Mm. Yeah. I feel like we haven't even scratched the surface of this movie. That's how fucking dense the, the shit is in this film. But one of the other lows that I had, that I, that I bucketed out, was too much Turl slash Travolta. Turl? Turl is the character that Travolta plays. Um, I feel like, yeah, the character's name's Turl. I feel like that Travolta's obviously the star power behind the movie. He's the guy that got the, he's, he's the biggest star in the movie, especially when it came out. He was definitely the biggest star in the movie at the time. He's the force behind the movie ever getting made. He's a guy, I guess he was trying to make this movie from like the 1980s. Um, and 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 this was a this was clearly a passion project of his. The fact that it ever got made at all. But the problem for me, at least, when I'm watching it, is that as soon as he shows up, it becomes the John Travolta show. That's kind of one of those. Sorry, I don't mean to deviate, but that is one of my pet peeves with actor directors. Is like, well, he's not the director. He's not the director. He's not even the director. I know that's true. That's that's another point to make. It's like, but the idea of like a star, an actor that's able to get the movie made because of his star power, and then put himself in the leading role. But he's not. He wanted to play Johnny Boy or or Johnny Good Boy, whatever the fuck uh, Barry Peppers. But by the time this movie was able to get made, he was he said he was too old and too fat to play that character. So he cast himself as the villain. So I think he hurt himself by putting himself as the villain is fine if you understand the villain's role in the movie. If the the villain should have taken more of a he sh- he should he should have taken more of a back seat. The the story pulls away from Barry Pepper. If Barry Pepper is supposed to be the hero and we're supposed to follow the hero's journey and we're supposed to give a shit about this character and want to see him unite with fellow mankind and overthrow this this oppressive alien race, right? He, Travolta when when Travolta shows up in the movie, it's like we spend like 20 minutes with him. It's like we we almost forget there's a fucking Barry Pepper character after a while. If he wanted to be like the Darth Vader of the movie, Darth Vader shows up for like small, like less right. is more. It's like Absolutely. you pop him in. It's like that, right. And the ominous score and, you know, it makes it more mysterious and suspenseful and all of these things that the movie failed at achieving. I think the movie thought it was smarter than it was because it does this thing with Travolta's character where 
and you, we were talking about this before. You were saying like it hum, it's trying to humanize these aliens in a way where like the joke is that Travolta's character Turl is he's the chief security of the Cyclos on this planet on planet Earth, and he's right. But he's the way he's approaching the character, the way it's presented is like he's like a middle manager. Like he's not the boss. He's not Darth Vader or he's not the emperor. He's a middle manager and he's stuck on an assignment that he doesn't really want. He wants to get the fuck off of Earth as fast as he can. He's like forced to stay even though he doesn't want to stay. They do the whole thing where it's like you had an affair with the senator's daughter and that's why we're keeping you here. Like there's a vendetta against you type of thing. Right, and I thought that anything in that moment well you were saying you were supposed to believe that which it's not that i don't believe it but just it's like you don't see the home planet you don't see the senator you don't see the senator's daughter you don't even you don't know anything and and then and then kelly preston's character comes up later in the movie it's supposed to be like his little girlfriend she's like does this mean we're not going to get the house now or whatever so it's like you get the impression that that's his little girlfriend but it's like it's just it just feels really tacked on you were saying to me earlier you were saying why do these aliens take on all these human characteristics right. a bar they're drinking and they're talking and they're joking and you know the way they talk and act sometimes is more human than human because the humans in this movie are primitive they're like cavemen and that's the whole point maybe that's what they were trying to go for but it didn't fit to me when they act more human than the humans in this movie but then they constantly say things like oh this this awful place this pitiful excuse for a planet and this that the other thing it's so horrid and ugly and uh, can you believe it's like then what then it's like why are you drinking fucking drinks that look like hand grenades from new orleans like what the fuck like at the bar like you have those like those like big like uh green like bong right, right. it's like right. it looks like you're drinking a hand grenade from new orleans like you're cl- uh, it doesn't make any sense the um the other thing that like as far as contradictions go and i thought this was kind of funny too is there's a whole one of the only things I thought was kind of interesting, because I always kind of like when when uh, sci-fi is supposed to kind of like use science fiction as a metaphor for human life as it exists today, like a way to point something at reality from an unrealistic point of view. So there's this one line where, um, and it's like one of the dumbest scenes in the movie, where Travolta takes um, Barry Pepper's character and, and some of the other humans out to... Um, yeah, and he's and he's shooting all the cows to like kind of show them. He's like, "I am a great marksman. If you ever try to get away from me, like I know how to operate." Yeah, translate. If you run, he'll kill you. Yeah, yeah, and he's like, "That's all you said." Yeah, <laughs> that that's kind of a funny line. But then he then he shoots all the cows and he's like blowing all their legs off. And then Barry Pepper's all fucking pissed off, and they like cut away from it. They don't even show it, but he's all pissed off and. He ends up hide. I forget what he does. Like where these other this other race of humans it's like, like run out. Like another tribe. another tribe shows up, and they they overpower Travolta. And Barry Pepper gets his gun, and he's all pissed off. And he's going, he's going, he's telling the tribe, he's going put those poor animals out of their misery. Like like do the right thing. And he's yelling at Travolta. And he's like, we only kill animals for food. And Travolta's like, he's like, right. Right, human humans are the only are the only animals that hunt other animals for for sport. I know everything there is to know about you, yet he doesn't know what we eat. He doesn't know 
that we knew we knew how to mine. We were mining the planet for years before you showed. Like, there's all this shit where it's like, does does this character actually know about humans or the idea is that he's under the, the cyclos underestimate humans or especially Travolta's character underestimates humans to the point of their detriment where like, we'll get the leg up on you and win. But it's so inconsistent in how it presents itself where are, do the cycle, do do they actually know the history of, of humankind or, or is this just total, is he just an ignorant asshole? It doesn't make any. It, it, yeah. it, it it's so this, inconsistent. This movie gave me a lot of those kinds of feelings, particularly with John Travolta. I mean, there. I guess there are some kind of goofy things with Jerry Pepper, like the opening scene where he's talking to the shaman or whoever that older member of his tribe is supposed to be, and he's like, "Have you ever seen a demon? Have you ever seen a god?" And he's like kicking up the dirt and acting all silly, and I'm like, it just. It's like, oh, it takes the seriousness out of the scene. I'm like, if, we're, if it's supposed to be this threat that is posed to these people, if they if they venture outside of their commune or wherever they are, that they could possibly be hurt or picked up by these quote-unquote demons. And then, have you ever seen demons? And I mean, I, I don't know. It's just that John Travolta leaves me with more of those feelings. Like, I'm not sure what... Is this is he doing this as a joke or is he actually trying and it's just coming off like a joke because it's that comical? Well, you know? you, you can't tell if the humor is intentional or unintentional. Or it's just that bad that it's that. Funny. Yeah, and that's the thing. If if the humor is intentional, the feeling is the latter. So so here's here's the one thing. Here's the one thing, and this is actually I'm gonna sneak in one of my only. Like, I only have a couple of highs, but one of the only other highs that I one of the only highs I have for this movie, and this kind of sets it up where. They know that Barry Pepper, they see that Barry Pepper is at least an exceptional man-animal, where he's someone who's apparently cunning enough or clever enough to almost get away from a couple of different situations. He learns how to fire the gun early. They end up teaching him how to um, uh, fly a fucking plane. The whole thing's goofy, but there's this whole point in the movie that kind of sets up this one joke that I think is really funny, where they Barry Pepper almost escapes... And John Travolta sees him and he's like, well, why don't we let him and a couple of his friends try to escape into the mountains? Because we don't know. We, we want to get leverage on the humans and w- maybe we can give them a treat. We'll give them something they like to eat. And uh, we don't know what they like to eat. So let's let them escape for a couple of days and see and, and see what they like to eat. And then we'll be able to use that as a way to get leverage over them. He keeps talking about getting leverage over people. So there's this whole thing where Barry, they let intentionally let Barry Pepper and like a couple of his human friends think that they're escaping and they're in the mountains for like three or four days and John Travolta and um, this and um, Forrest Whitaker, Forrest Whitaker is too fucking good to be in this movie. There's, there's, there's so many actors in this movie that just are way too good to be involved in this. Um, but anyways, they're watching them escape and they're monitoring on these like little button cameras and they, they get up to the mountains and they're starving to death and they find this fucking rat and they are eating this rat like for sustenance, like just to try and survive. And Travolta is like, oh, they, they, they love rats. That's what that's their favorite food. And and and, and Forrest Whitaker is like, oh, they're not even cooking it. It's they, they're eating it raw. And he's like, ah, they, yeah, they like it raw. That's how they like their rats. What the fuck's wrong I know. with you? He said that makes our job easier. And and it sets up the one the only high the top high for me in this movie is 
is maybe and I don't again, I don't know if this is intent I don't know I don't know if it's intentionally funny or if it's unintentionally funny. But it's the one line where after they believe that humans love to eat raw rats, um, they're zapping Barry Pepper's eyes. They're doing the whole Neo thing where they're they're giving him I know Kung Fu. They're giving him all the information right. so that he can learn how to fly planes and mm-hmm. do all this shit speak and speak their language and do everything. And he just fucking grabs Barry Pepper. Like he comes like the scene comes out of nowhere. He just grabs Barry Pepper by the fucking throat. And, and holds up a Do you want lunch? <laughs> Do you want lunch? <laughs> Do you want lunch? I know, I know. It's and it's <laughs> if they if they listen, funny. listen. If 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 they were intending if for that, funny, they hit the mark. If they hit them, if if that was supposed to be funny, it was ridiculously funny. If they if that's unintentional humor, then again, it's one of those things where, wow, guys, like holy shit. That was like an oasis in the movie when we watched it though, too, because it was something. That when we got to that part, it was just like a welcome. I think I rewound it like five times. Like I just I just kept rewinding it because I was like it was one thing that was entertaining. Um, the only other thing I want to bring up real quick with with Travolta because I think we've we've gone into a lot of this is that um there's this weird thing where his character is i mean he's he's they they establish him he's one of the only he's still a very one-dimensional character in terms of you know who the fuck are you supposed to care about i feel like you know as human beings we care about barry pepper but because he's a human because he's part of our tribe not because they do anything to develop his character Right, but I'm saying they they don't they don't actually make him a three dimensional realized human no, no, to care about. He's got a girlfriend, and that's it. Like, yeah, that's it. Like, what yeah. what else are we supposed to care? You that, know, he's just a you know. So they don't do a good job of uh, Travolta. They at least spend some time with to show that he's such a one dimensional prick. Um, but really, what the the thing that I thought was really kind of fucked up and interesting about it was is that his character throughout the movie is he's got like these things where he'll he'll like tap a button underneath his desk and it'll like trigger all of these hidden cameras that are in the room and he'll purposefully kind of set situations up where he's recording the person like so he's talking about he has this whole scheme where what he wants to do is he wants to mine um the gold out of the earth so that he can keep it so that he can keep it for himself, knowing that it's a commodity and that he's stuck on this planet now for, you know, the next 50 cycles or whatever it is that they're keeping him there for. When they say cycle, they mean cycle around the sun. So 50 years. 50 years, probably. That, that makes sense. Um, so he's got this idea of like, well, we use the humans for slave labor. What if we taught them how to mine? And then because the atmosphere is so toxic to the cyclos, the, the, they can't come into any contact with radiation, which becomes a huge convoluted plot point later in the movie of how they destroy planet cyclo and how and and why um the humans are allowed to mine unsupervised which to me is fucking ridiculous with the like it's a big stretch. here's here's a here's here's a i taught you how to run the plane here's the plane you guys hang out here for two weeks and mine and we'll be back because we can't be out here and don't get in any trouble it's like this is really silly We'll be watching Clearly you. Clearly, there's going 
they're going to do something. Um, but but the bottom line is that he 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 wants to get them to mine Earth's gold so that he can then take it and have it for himself um, as a way to you know gain leverage over living on being stuck on planet Earth. But the the point is that he's got this thing where he he can trigger all these cameras and do recording. So he tells his plan to Forrest Whitaker and then he tells Forrest Whitaker to tell him his plan back to him. What do you think we should like? What's the plan? And he hits record so that when Forrest Whitaker is telling the plan, it seems like it's Forrest Whitaker's idea. And then he's like, ha ha, I've got this tape of you now where you're saying that you're going to rip off uh, the home base. And now that I've got the home office, now that I've even goofier, even goofier. Home now, <laughs> you're not human at all and you're so progressive it's the year 3000 and this advanced super intelligent alien race is it's so fucking dumb but he's got he's now he's got now he's got leverage on force whitaker and the idea is like now i've got this tape on you and if you betray me or you don't follow my plans i will send the tape back and it's the thing that's fucked up about this is that this seems like, you know, based on like that going clear documentary that they had on HBO about Scientology is like this seems like this is the 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 gig on Scientology is like we got dirt on you and we'll fucking use it against you. So it's interesting I that we're thinking that exact same thing too. That's funny that you saw the same It's just weird that it's it's just weird that it's a plot point in the movie where it's like the characters are scheming against each other to have dirt on each other so that it becomes leverage to keep them loyal. Right. It's a... I, I think that it's interesting because if L. Ron Hubbard, the man behind Scientology as a religion as a whole, would have written this book, would have written the source material, it seems like he's giving away one of his biggest tricks. Or, I mean, I don't even know if that's something that in the Church of Scientology they were doing, but when we watched that documentary, it seemed like the way in was almost like confessional style, like in, in the Catholic faith where you confess all your sins and your darkest secrets and we'll accept you and, you know, whenever Zenu or whatever the god they have and, and their missionaries come down and you'll be saved because, you know, you confessed. Or we, but at the same time, if you try to leave the church, we'll use all of your secrets to blackmail you because... Yeah. We don't want you giving away our secrets or leaving the church. So anyway, my point being, you'd think that that would be something that L. Ron Hubbard would play close to the vest, but at the same time, maybe it's because the Church of Scientology isn't big yet. Maybe well, he didn't think people would get that from it. Well, when this movie came out... It seemed like an obvious thing. It seemed like an obvious parallel. Here's the thing. like Most most of Scientology... The first I ever heard about Scientology in terms of like, this is what Scientology... Not even... No, it was South Park. South Park was like the... Like when they did that episode of South Park on Scientology, that was the first time that I ever was like, oh, this is what, because Scientology was always kind of like a secret. And the idea was that you didn't learn about Scientology unless you paid admission to get in. So it was always kind of behind closed doors. So when this movie came out in 2000, nobody fucking knew that that was the game. You know what I mean? Nobody knew that that was how it was going. It was one of those things. Well, now, now after after South Park, after the Going Clear documentary, after all that stuff has come out, yeah, absolutely, scary. So let's take a quick let's take a quick break. Let's come back. I want to hear your lows, and then let's come back. I think I've done all my lows. I might have a couple of stray notes, but we'll come back and we'll uh, we'll do the lows and any of the highs that are available. Do you want to 
All right, we're back. Um, I know I feel bad. I, I kind of I kind of took over with all of my lows. Please, by all means, tell me what are the your very lows. First thing I wrote down was I had to buy on Amazon Prime. What really? <laughs> that was the first low. I couldn't believe that you could not get this movie for free. You know what was what was funny about that though was that the the cost to rent it was like four bucks or three bucks and the cost to buy it was like six bucks so that's how usually like when you when you're gonna rent something versus buy something on amazon it's like four bucks ten bucks you're the one that always taught me that you vote with your dollar don't you feel like you're kind of a sellout or a hypocrite for spending money on this movie no i don't feel like a sellout or a hypocrite but but it bothers me because i'm so honey 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 no 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 but we're so beyond the point of of it having any effect. You have to understand, the fucking studio that made this movie went bankrupt. Like, me spending six bucks on it in 2020 is not encouraging them to make Battlefield Earth 2. Like, we're not, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I know what you're saying. You vote with your doll, you vote with your wallet 100%. Well, but it was, but it was, honestly, it was, it was entertaining for us to be able to do this. Keep going. You know, it's like paying someone to run over your foot. I mean, no, it's, no, you can't shit on your nose and then run over your it's foot. It's like paying someone. It's like paying someone. Well, that was one thing I wrote. I wrote down the cheesy wipe dissolve that you already talked about, and then I wrote the main character shot in the beginning falls. Okay, yeah, yeah. Main character being Gary Pepper. So like, there's a scene in the beginning of the movie when when they first come across the the cyclos. They're in a mall or whatever, and. Barry Pepper like falls. Yeah, he gets shot and he falls like through like six panes of glass. I don't know where they came from. I don't know. I know it's a mall, but it was like, it w- it was like that sketch that you see that cliche of like you know, the the, the two people carrying a plate of grass uh, glass across the street and the the clowns with the ten pies and somebody on a tricycle and the woman's pushing the baby. It's like cliche. I'm like, why is he falling through pane after pane? Like, what mall have you ever been to where there's, like, 25 fucking... Do you remember that? It was oh, yeah. You know what's funny? You know what's... Like, why is he just... I get that it's a mall, but it was, like, a pane of glass, maybe two, but, like, it was, like, one after... It was in succession, and I'm just, like, he got shot, and he's just falling through all these panes of glass. Like, I, I just didn't get it. I'm, like... You, you, know, you know what's funny about that? I, I When I was re-watching it, I noticed that... There's a couple, there's one, there's at least one of those panes of glass that he falls through that breaks before he even touches it. Like they, they trigger right. the fucking right. break exactly. be- before it even they touches like it. It's him that's breaking it, but really it's yeah, <laughs> like the candy glass or whatever. It's so funny. Um, the other thing I wrote, yeah, and you sort of touched upon it was if the planet is so disgusting, then why are they so hell bent on mining it? Right. Like that's ultimately the biggest reason that this alien race has come to dominate this planet is because they want to not to inhabit it but they want to harvest and mine it and and get anything they can from it drain it of its natural resources before exterminating everybody on it and probably blowing up the planet if i had to guess but if it's such a piece of shit then why are they mining it for its resources yeah it's a bit hypocritical in my book yeah i mean i guess i i don't know i guess the um because i mean i said it became 
how shitty the planet, this pitiful excuse for a planet, and I probably should have written down every time they referenced it and how they worded it, but it's like, they'd take a dig at it at least every five to ten minutes, and it's, if it's so horrible, then why are they here mining it for its, trying to drain all of its natural resources? It doesn't sound like it's so horrible. If it's such a waste of time, or... It's got all this... why you come here, Yeah, yeah, I guess that's true. I guess that's true. Um, I guess the only, and again, not to play devil's advocate, but I guess the only thing that I could, that I could propose for that is that they're just trying to conquer all of the other, um, races. So like at one point when Barry Pepper is getting like the, the, I know Kung Fu when he's getting all the information, they they generate this other weird looking alien that's like hello. It's like I this know, little. It. It's like this little pitiful alien. It's like hello. I'm sorry. I'm I'm sorry to bother you, but I'm this other alien, and I'm probably dead now. But I'm going to be your teacher because they conquered my race too. So I guess the only thing you can take from that is that maybe even if the cyclos don't give a shit about what they're mining, or if it's very minimal in terms of what what the what the yield is that they're getting. Maybe they're just a fucking asshole race of nine foot douchebags that just just want everything in the on the planet because they think they can't be beat. Maybe maybe this movie's actually pretty good. More more we talk about it. Well, the other thing I wrote for Low was like how many times John Travolta is going. Ha, 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 ha. Oh God! Like, I mean, it's just, oh God! It's oh my God! It's it it's like I think he's just trying really hard to be megalomaniacal like that devious sinister mustache twirling bad guy but in a sci-fi context but like almost like he doesn't realize that if you end every scene laughing it has no effect anymore it's not even a cackle it's just obnoxious like he's purposefully going out of his way to be obnoxious right and I believe that was another thing I said you can make a drinking game out of is every time he has one of those stupid laughs um, do you have any other lows? Um, I think another one that I had was the gods. Yeah, the god. I mentioned it in, on the other one. Did they have barbershops and bars and, you know, how they can't stand humans and being on the planet Earth, but at the same time, they seem more human than the humans in the movie do, and they've got things like barbershops and bars and... Jealousy. And, and, you know, I slept with the senator's daughter and home office, and, I mean, the list goes on and on. It's like, but I, I'm, I'm getting... Maybe that was the point. Is that maybe they were like purposely trying to humanize them in a way. The other thing that was weird about this movie is the way that they try to implement the idea that they speak another language. So there's all this like... Oh, we didn't even talk about any of that. No. Because I I couldn't stand that. I mean, when you first see John Travolta's character and all these cyclos, they're all speaking this weird garbled language. We've had this discussion before when it comes to languages in movies. And, and I do feel the same way as you in this. And we don't always agree on everything. For those who are listening, I don't disagree with everything you said. There's plenty of things we disagree with. We, we'll, we'll start right now on some of the shit we don't disagree with, like uh, violence in movies. But let's, we'll go there later. What, I have a problem with violence in movies? You think that violence in movies causes violence in real life. And I think that violence in movies is a reflection of real life. Unhinged, but that's another discussion. But one area that we do agree is that we prefer to watch a movie in its actual language. If there's a foreign film, you're getting a more authentic performance and a feel for the movie and what's happening when you're watching the actors speaking the language that it was made in. And when you get the subtitles, that's fine. 
there's people that want to watch a dub because they want they just want to hear English. But to me, the dubbing you're getting completely different performances because you're getting the dubbing of the actor, and it just cheapens it to me. So this movie, it didn't do that, but it had the alien language that they were speaking. Okay, I kind of get it, and I'm thinking, well, maybe there'll be. I think were there subtitles when when you first. There's no it? subtitles. There's no subtitles no, no. in the entire movie. So you hear them talking to each other, but you don't know exactly what they're saying, and then. John Travolta comes outside to meet this first man animal, or not maybe not the first, but to meet Barry Pepper's character, and all of a sudden he's able to speak English, and I wasn't sure at first if it was for the audience sake or because he just, I mean, like even there's times he's talking to Forrest Whitaker, it's in English, and I'm like, I, now I don't. Why know. aren't they? Why aren't they doing it in their native I'd language? Than just, then they should have so, subtitles. So or something. I I agree or, with. Just not have this goofy alien language. The problem is the problem is if you make a dumb movie like Battlefield Earth, you have to you have to immediately be cynical. You have to immediately think that like this is a dumb movie. So you have to immediately think anyone who's seeing this movie's dumb. So we can't put subtitles in the movie because if we put subtitles in the movie, dumb people don't want to read. Do you think that's a thought process I, that filmmakers have absolutely, to absolutely. So you think they knew it was a stupid movie? You don't think it was something they actually thought had a chance to be taken seriously that was made. Let me let, let me let me put it let me put it to you this way. Let me put it to you this way. This is and this is this is a deviation, but like t- to make my point, The Crow, right? The movie The Crow. If you read the source material, the comic book, it's a comic book that's completely drawn in black and white. Now, when they went to make The Crow, I don't think anyone would argue that the original Crow is a great movie. I don't think anyone could make an argument that it's not a great movie because it, it is a great movie. And thank God they haven't tried. They've, they've tried to remake it like a dozen times now. Thank God they haven't done it because Brandon Lee is fucking phenomenal. Alex Proyas is a, a, a great director, especially in that yeah, era, which I want to talk about later. Um, but the point is, is that when they went to make that movie, um, the original intention was to do the movie in black and white. And the producers, the people making the movie, were like, you can't make this in black and white. And it was like, well, why not? The source material is in black and white. There's a thematic idea of why it should be in black and white. And it was like, if you make it in black and white, less people will come and see it. We'll make less money. We won't fucking make our nut, which is what, 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 what why, why are we making a movie? We're not making a movie to make art. We're making a movie to make money. So that's why when you watch that movie, they desaturate it as much as they can. They do some. They, 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 it's the closest they can get it to black and white because that's the best that they can do. But the point is, is that the movie, the movie gods as is, wouldn't let them make it in black and white because it would mean less people would go see it. So my point is that if you make Battleship, a Battlefield Earth, if you make this movie with subtitles, whether they think it's a good movie or whether they think it's a shitty movie, they'll they'll think less people will watch it if they have to read subtitles. Now, to your point, it would have made sense for the first half of the movie to be in subtitles. Like if they're trying to ingratiate the audience to feel like, okay, now we understand Cyclone, Cyclo, whatever the language is. Um, if 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 they're trying to make Cyclosi, Cyclonacini. Whatever the fucking language is called, if they're trying to make the audience feel like they're more ingratiated to the language, what would have made sense is the language should have changed over after Barry Pepper got the um, I know kung fu right. shit. Now all of a sudden the main character is hearing them in in English, and now the audience hears them in English. So like if the first half of the movie was in subtitles when they were there, and then when Barry Pepper learned the language. Okay. 
and then we learn language, then it would now make so it's but it leaves the audience feeling a little confused about are they speaking another language? Did they speak English too? And now John Travolta and Forrest Whitaker are speaking to each other in English just because they feel like it. Is it not English? Is it because they understand each other that they're speaking in their language, but they're speaking English as we understand? It's again, it's another one of those moments. It's like I don't know what they were trying to do. If it was intentional, if it was an accident. If it was meant to be taken seriously, if it was meant to be something else. I don't think they really knew. All those little things take you out of it, and, and it cheapens the experience. I don't really... Again, and, and this could be a good segue into what the highs are, because it's okay. unfortunate that my first high was that it's a good concept. You could do something cool with the idea of what this movie was, and in and, and, and the right hands, the right director and um, cinematographer, director photographer... Uh, DP, right? Director of photography, whatever. I think mm. the right people on the set to shoot it and the right visionaries behind it that it could have actually probably been something. So are you, say, are you saying that one of the highs for you is, is the, concept. the concept? Okay. I think, I think the concept... When it first starts, the first part of the movie, the first line, the first... Um, what do you call that when they have text in the screen? When it says it's year 3000 and mankind is an endangered species. That, what do you call that? A title crawl. A title crawl. That in and of itself is compelling. Interesting. It's the year 3000 and mankind, humans, are an endangered species. Go on. You know, you want to see more. You want to find out more about that. You could take that and you could have gone somewhere. And they failed in doing that. It was a cheap experience. Whatever money they spent, it wasn't worth it because it wasn't quality. It was like spending a shit ton of money on cheap wine or spending a bunch of money on one good bottle of wine. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like That's a good way to put spending it. Spending a bunch of money on all this crap just actors that could have been that are great actors that great actors. Been that, all of them are the right even and directors and even Travolta is a great actor. And, and and here's the thing, even Travolta is a great actor and even Travolta is really good at being a villain. I really like him in a lot of villain characters that he plays. I Total guilty pleasure. I like him in Pelham One Two Three. I I I think he can. I think he's better than the material. I think Forrest Whitaker, Barry Pepper. He obviously can do a villain because of, as an example, Pelham One Two Three. He can do a villain. He's been even in Pulp Fiction. He's technically he's a villain. He's He's, totally he's he's part of the muscle for the villain. But you know, he's not always the the hero. Sometimes he's the anti-hero. Yeah, and And I think he likes it. And he can work in that. But that's that's one way that you know it's not, I guess, just John Travolta. But, I mean, it's it's the fact that John Travolta wanted this movie made so badly and believed in it so much. And it could have been something and that it wasn't. And it's not his best role as a villain. I wonder, I wonder if he thinks it is or if it's even up there, if it even ranks among one of his best roles as a villain. I mean, does he actually think that his performance was good in this movie or that the movie was even good. Who knows what he thinks? Or what is the argument that could be made to say anything different? I don't know. I, you know, I, I would say I think that he probably looked at this as a really... For him, it was probably like, hey, I can have this really cool departure where 
this guy was like at the bottom of Hollywood for a long time. Like this guy was making look who's fucking talking movies. You know what I mean? I'm a baby. And like he was doing that kind of garbage for a while. Tarantino resurrected him and brought him back. But it was one of these things where he, he got a moment in the sun. He got a moment where like he had the power to green light something where he was like, okay, this is a book I read that I really think is cool, and it's interesting sci-fi concept. Well, maybe, maybe not. Maybe not. I, I, I would not. Based on this, sometimes you see a movie where you think that, where you're like, hey, I, you always hear the book's better than the movie. So sometimes you'll see a movie and be like, oh, I want to read the book. Because the book is always better than the movie to most people. I'm saying, I bet maybe it did have a lot of potential, and it, it was good. I would say the concept of this of this story could have worked, but I would also say the concept of this the concept of this story has been done before. And in fact, like when I think of like an alien race enslaving humans, I think of Dark City. And I'm like, Dark City's a way better version of this movie that's not done in a schlocky garbage sci-fi way. It's an, it's done in like a really well, 12 Monkeys has nothing to do really with aliens, but t- Dark City is like aliens have suppressed us and have put us in this uh, state where we are just uh, like the whole thing when John Hurt's, oh, when, uh, is it John Hurt who says it? I think they say it to John Hurt's character. Like, do you remember the sun? Not some distant memory, but when's the last time you remember there actually being sun in this place? It's the guy at the beginning of the movie who wakes up and is like, I am awake. I, I know that this is all false and I'm awake. It's it's the Matrix. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. Even that terrible scene where like Barry Pepper. Before the Matrix, though, well, Dark City, that's the big thing about the, Ma- the Matrix. The Matrix totally ripped from Dark City. Right. They use the same yeah, sets. This is what it is. It becomes Hollywood's this um is this snake eating its own tail. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it's it's this it's this thing of like we'll just kind of reshuffle the same shit and regurgitate it, which is kind of what it is. Um, but I would say Dark City is a better version of this same kind of idea, just done in a better way, a more artistic way. The only other thing I wanted to bring up real quick was just like I think it's once they get to Fort Worth and the characters are going to launch this rebellion. I mean, this is the the worst part of the movie is the last act of the movie when they're clearly just doing the same shots as Star Wars A New Hope when Luke and you know everyone is the the resistance the rebellion is, is going after um, the Death Star like it's it's the same shot so it, it, it's well, that, that, plagiarism that on the like worst yeah it's it's the first one it's when they're it's when they're attacking the Death Star and it's just it's like some of the most blatant plagiarism it's some of the worst aping of star wars that you'll ever see is that last act of this movie yeah um but the point the point being um the thing that i always think is funny is in 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 re-watching this when the idea is that once the humans break free and they're mining fort knox to pretend that they're mining gold. They're like, well, we'll we'll pretend to mine gold for these assholes, but we'll really just go to this place that we've read about that has all this gold, which apparently, even though Turl knows everything there is to know about humankind, doesn't know Fort Knox is there and even try and go get that gold. So that's fucking stupid. But they go and they they steal... There are no shortage of plot holes. Oh, it doesn't make any... None of this movie makes any sense. But they go and they... And they... 
while they're pretending to mine the gold and they're just getting the gold from Fort Knox, they end up going to Fort Hood in Texas where the military base is. Now, Turtle says, we destroyed all of your planet and all of their military in nine minutes. We, fought, we your, your, your shitty human race, a nine-minute fight and we fucking destroyed. But apparently Fort Hood in Texas, none of that shit, none of their fucking stuff was destroyed, which that doesn't make any that's sense. They All of these guys, all of these cavemen go to Fort Hood and they get in these flight simulators and over the course of seven days learn how to fly military-grade fucking planes so that they can launch an attack on 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 these aliens it, it's just that is really i i get it doesn't hold up to scrutiny i guess if i guess if the idea is like don't think about it then it's fine but that cavemen go to fort hood jump in these air simulators and learn how to fly military grade airplanes to launch an attack on an alien race is pretty fucking stupid i suppose one can make the argument of like the human adrenaline. spirit well, survival and how survival is a strong instinct and in in survival you have a rush of adrenaline and depending on how pressing the need to survive is or how strong the threat that you're fighting against the adversary is that you would well you know so if if it's like a life or death situation we only have seven days maybe they're motivated i mean you know it is far-fetched i mean i you know what? Primitive. Like, what do they know about all this technology? You know what's funny? The first character would get it, it, why would the rest of them? Right, Although, cause, were they already brainwashed at that point? No, only Barry Pepper was. But it's funny that you say that. It's funny that you say that because there is a scene, and maybe, maybe this movie is secretly brilliant, and maybe we're just realizing it now. But there is a scene where, where Turl is making Barry Pepper go through a flight simulator for the, for the, um, the Cyclos um, uh, aircrafts. And he fucks up. He fucks up. Like he's he's got a collar. He's got like this collar around one of the the girl that he loves. Like they get they end up capturing his right. girlfriend, and they get a collar around his neck. And he's like, I can blow her head up. So when he fucks up the flight simulation, he says to him, he's like, If you fuck up again, I'm gonna blow her head off. And then he doesn't fuck up. And then he says, You see what you know some some leverage does. Right. So maybe it's maybe motivation. maybe and, and in survival. When it's seconds count and life or death situations, adrenaline kicks in and you'd be amazed at what people can do when they're under pressure. So, I mean, seven days, I, I, I could almost believe it, but the fact that they're these primitive, almost like cavemen characters, like how do they understand this technology, how it works? I get it if it's like what Barry, happened with Barry Pepper because he had all of those programs and stuff in his head and now he understands advanced physics and all this and that. It's like, I would believe that maybe he could figure it out, but the rest of them just figured it out seven days? I mean... They didn't know what this kind of technology was. It wasn't like it was something they used. And they're literally going. <laughs> I feel like you and I would be better equipped to figure out how to fight use those planes. We played video games. games. We have PlayStation. Have, you know, but because we understand how to use this kind of technology a little bit more than they would, so it seems even less believable. But so this seems like maybe a, it's a more a more of a testament to the survival instinct in humankind. So this seems like a good. Um, segue into any other highs. I know one of the highs you said was um, the concept. Um, one of the highs I said was, do you want lunch? 
want lunch! <laughs> well, I liked that they... Yeah, of course, if you want lunch, it's hilarious. But then I wrote, haha, cave in the mall. Like, Yeah, I think that was in the beginning where it was like, oh, let's go into this cave. And the fact that the cave was a mall. I liked that. Well, the, the, the thing I liked that... the symbolism of that or, or the message there. The thing that they set up that was kind of funny is that when they're walking through the city... They see all these statues and they're going, yeah, the gods, if if you fuck up, they turn you into stone. They turn you into these, these you know, you, you screwed up. So they, they made you um, stand still for life. And then when they go into the mall and they see the mannequins, they're like, oh, they must have really hated these guys. Mm. <laughs> like, the, like they're stuck in the cave, but they're these little mannequins instead of these big statues outside. So they're like, oh, man, that the gods really must have hated these guys. That was kind of a funny line. Then I wrote down, um, man animal, ha ha, the gods act more human, which I already talked about. And then I put John Travolta, don't be a knothead, and then he hits his head on the ceiling. I guess he said, Forrest Whitaker, don't be a knothead, and then immediately after, and he said the knothead thing a couple times, I think, but he said, don't be a knothead, and then hit his head on the ceiling. I'm like, I guess I'm funny. (laughs) Slim pickings. The only other thing I would say as a high, and I, and this is, again, this is like a reach, I guess, is that. I think one of the themes of this movie is that knowledge is power, is that in order to try to beat the Cyclos, Barry Pepper's character realizes like we have to become educated. We have to, we like, we're never going to be stronger than them. We're never going to be bigger than them. So we have to become smarter than them. Well, you know, he did acknowledge the importance of food. Like, you know, we're not going to have any strength if we don't eat. And and he fights that whole guy for the food. He's like, from now on, we all eat at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. He understands that, I guess, that primitive basic need i mean there's basically you take a few food water and 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 love i mean to know that you're loved and what's the hierarchy and then that hierarchy of like safety water, well security right i mean security is a big one i don't know what the hierarchy is i just know it's like the basic needs like the physical needs and dietary needs and to survive and all that and then there's the emotional needs and so, so we we should we should both grade it. Do you do you find this movie to be high or low? What do you? It's I mean it's low. Clearly, it's a low movie. But as as bad as it is, like let me put let me put it to you this way, and this is going to be a hot take, and I don't, I don't give a shit who I piss off with this. Um, uh, you know, this movie is definitely derivative and definitely aping Star Wars. But as far as I'm concerned, to be completely fucking honest. You know, I I actually would prefer to watch this movie versus any of the prequels to Star Wars. Like, I mean, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, there's this huge reverence for for the prequels of Star Wars. All of a sudden, because people are are so upset about the sequel trilogy, and you know, people have forgotten how. No, the the sequel, the the stuff that just came out, the the Kylo Ren's and all that, like those, the the. I think they're okay. I think they're... There's nothing... Listen, nothing is going to beat the original trilogy. Nothing is going to beat Empire Strikes Back. The The newer stuff that's come out is definitely better than the prequels. But because people hate the, the, the sequel trilogy, the newer stuff, they all of a sudden are acting like the prequels aren't such garbage. The prequels of Star Wars are some of the worst fucking movies ever made. I mean, they're, they're really just up... Just upsettingly not good. Like, like the dialogue. You're saying you'd rather watch those movies. Than this. I'd say I'm saying I'd rather watch Battleship, a Battlefield Earth than fucking Phantom Menace. Let's put it that way. Wow. Okay, and I it's honestly because neither of them are good, but.
But at the very least, I can kind of laugh or at least have some fun with what's going on in this movie. Yeah. Um, that stuff is it's just boring. It's not. I wouldn't say raping it. it. It's not taking something and demoralizing it. You know, the force is. You know, Sorry, when Yoda. Listen, bad. listen. When Yoda lifts Luke's X-wing out of the swamp, okay, and said, and and Luke can't. I I don't believe it. That is why you fail. And when you understand the idea that. The force is all around us. It's in us. It's something that we inhabit. It, and, and you have this feeling of, oh my God, everything's connected and the, and the universe is so much bigger than I can imagine. And you get to the fucking Phantom Menace and you have this wooden, you have a great actor like Liam Neeson just giving this wooden garbage performance because it's written so poorly. And he's like, actually, it's midi-chlorians in your blood, Anakin. Whoopee! Fuck you! Like I, 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 I'd rather watch. Do you want lunch? Like a thousand percent, you know. Do you want lunch? Anyways, that's a hot take, but it is what it is. We need to get a coin because we got to flip for uh, what's next? I'll get it. All right, so closing out, we're going to do the coin toss to determine uh, whether we're going high or low for the next episode. As always, please, uh, if you're listening, feel free to write in with your favorite uh, highs or lows. Um, you know, if, if you've got a movie that you'd like to suggest as a high or a low, send it to us at moviehighlow at gmail.com. Spell it all out, M-O-V-I-E-H-I-G-H-L-O-W at gmail.com. Uh, send us your recommendations. Let us know. If there's a good film or a bad film, we should rev- we should review and why it's good or bad. Right, that makes it a lot more fun for us. Um, all right, so we've already got the highs and lows picked up for next week, but the coin toss will determine whether we're going high or low. So you ready for this? So okay, should we say that? Drop it. Should we say that the high would be? No, no, no. We're just gonna. I got all this fucking wires. I feel like John Travolta with the fucking snot shit coming out of his fucking nose, like all no, hooked up. Nose hook. Oh god. Tails all right, we're going low again next week, unfortunately. Um, Wicker Man. So next week is going to be 2006 remake of The Wicker Man, starring Nick Cage. Um, we've we'd never. Not s- the thing. <laughs> We had never, we had never seen. Uh, I don't know. We, you and I had never seen Battlefield Earth. I, I, I'd never seen this movie cover to cover. I'd only seen like parts of it, but we've both seen The Wicker Man. Um, so should we just talk about that? Oh no, no, we're we're gonna have to. We're gonna listen. We got to do it for the people. We're gonna rewatch it, and it's gonna be fucking terrible. But um, it'll totally be worth it. Yes, but again, please do share the, your suggestions for movies that you'd like to hear us talk about because not only does it make it more fun for us, but it feels like we're doing it for a reason for people that want to hear about it. So yeah, we're not just working in a vacuum of uh, of of oh the movies. Um, well, anyways, this was this was fun. I I enjoyed watching a shitty John Travolta movie with you, sweetie. I enjoy watching everything with you. Aww, you're my favorite movie person to watch movies with, so. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for being with us on Movie Hilo. We will see you next week with 2006.
Wicker Man. Flippity flip. Hot the beach. Have a good one. Do you want love?